breaching the fault lines of today. Welcome to Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Dr. Zudi Jasser. Welcome to another episode this week of Reform This on the Blaze Podcast Network. Well, it is always a pleasure to be with all of you. Thank you for coming back. If you're listening again, if you're new, I hope you're in for a treat. A unique point of view from not only a uh, former U.S. Naval officer, somebody who not only loves my country, uh, but uh, is working on reforming Islam, reforming the ideology that fuels radical Islam, political Islam, the theocrats, if you will. And these ideas, the methods of reform, seem to bleed over into other things happening in society. We see it this week with the far left and what's happening with the riots, with the so-called demonstrations. And we're going to get into what sparked them, what's behind them. And I think you'll find that some of my experience in fighting political Islam and the collectivism between the right, I'm sorry, between the Islamists and the left seems to be at play here. So, I saw a tweet this week in which a guy said, hey, to the two astronauts that took off with SpaceX for the first time having human beings go into space since 2011, you made the right choice. <laughs> sort of speaks to where our mindset is. 2020 is continuing to become more and more bizarre. And, and this is what happens when society falls into falls into a morass, if you will, a doldrums, a melancholy. And we're trying to get out of it now as the states are coming out of lockdown. We're finding that much of the data is showing that it was the vulnerable that were hit the worst, that perhaps the lockdowns, as many of us thought, were a little too long. But let's that's, for, that's a topic I've talked about before, and I'll talk about again in another podcast. But right now, suffice it to say that we're just finally starting to see the light in this tunnel. And then, earlier this week, a video was released online that showed George Floyd, a Minnesota citizen, an American citizen, who was pulled over. for facts that still remain unclear. And then a cop decided to put him to the ground, even though he's handcuffed, and put his knee on his neck for five, six minutes or more. And then he went unconscious and died. Anyone that saw that video knows that that appears to be murder. Took too long, but three days later, I believe, maybe two, three days later, not only that cop, but the other cops, I think, that were watching this, I think there were three or four watching that, were arrested for murder. I think third degree. Took too long. And then the autopsy says that he died of underlying conditions. Well, seriously? 
what made his inability to survive having a knee to the neck as he got asphyxiated, as he may have had fractures. God knows what else was caused. It was clearly inappropriate force. The court system will reveal all the evidence in the case. But the bottom line is is that, yes, America needs to deal with how to put a stop to inappropriate police brutality, torture, and inappropriate responses by certain police officers to calls to deal with crime. And behind it, as the Black Lives Matter movement is supposed to be about, is likely some racism that is still part of the American culture. And we've been dealing with it since slavery, since the civil rights movement of the mid-20th century, and we're continuing to deal with it. But then you have forces in America like the 1619 editorial movement of the New York Times that wants to basically say that America is defined by its slavery, America is defined by its racism. And I brought that to you as, as a evidence of the propaganda arm that is trying to redefine America, not as a force for good domestically and abroad, but as a force for evil, which the left may say it's trying to do in its patriotic duty to make us better. I would say that it's basically singing the songs of the Islamists, of those that hate America, the Russians and others that the, the government of Putin and others that want to defeat us. The Chinese like nothing more. The Chinese government, I should say, would like nothing more than to see us labeled as a racist, bigoted society founded on slavery rather than founded on principles of freedom and liberty and the defeat of theocracy as our American Revolution did define. And now with the video of George Floyd and certainly a video representing a criminal dressed in police uniform with his knees on the neck of an innocent citizen. What was motivating him, likely racism, likely hate, and certainly thuggery, in which he decided to express his thuggery as a police officer. Now, does that represent all police officers? Absolutely not. We've lost perspective, just like we lost perspective in the Iraq war when Al Jazeera and others pushed out videos of what our military was doing in Abu Ghraib prison. But those were a few of our military enlisted and officers, not even a close minority, let alone a majority. And yet we allowed that in many ways to play out as a representative of who the American military was because we did not have a counteroffensive to expose what the the Islamists, what the regime of Saddam Hussein and others had done to societies in Iraq, Syria, and elsewhere. And in this information war, you got this week Susan Rice doing the rounds again, not talking about a video out of Benghazi. This time she's saying that it's the Russians, it's the it's the white supremacists that were driving the riots in cities across this country. Again, 
a penchant of far-left leadership not to take ownership for when folks that want change and have some righteousness to their points about bigotry, about racism, etc., and instead of focusing on that, they want to absolve of anything wrong that might happen because that's their constituency. We saw it with the Islamists. We've seen it with most political movements that don't lead from character, but rather lead from populism and lead from demagoguery. And Susan Rice again was doing it this week. We've seen some governors, North Carolina governor this week, tweet out, Property can be replaced, but lives cannot. We support Black Lives Matter. Really? What happened this week? We've seen demonstrations start, most of them peaceful, yes. And they have a right to assemble, and God bless them for beginning to push the hard questions of what do we do to reform law enforcement to reform what's happening so that not another, not a single more life is lost under the knee of a racist police officer. That needs to be addressed. Absolutely. But is that a a rule by which we generalize on our police officers? Absolutely not. We need our police officers to prevent the hate and bigotry, to defend us against hate and bigotry from skinheads, from from Nazis, from uh, 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 other groups that are truly racists, that act out of violence. The Islamists, the militants. Last week, there was an attack on another naval base from Corpus Christi. And it's proving that the, the attacker was a militant Islamist of Syrian origin that was an Al-Qaeda follower. And again, ground zero was our military bases, and they were attacked. And you look at the response this week, and you wonder how any, any individuals would want to become police officers, military officers, when they see their names being dragged through the mud and becoming a political tool for politicians. And I have to tell you, I here live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, saw this week on Saturday night hundreds of looters going through Scottsdale Fashion Square. Videos of the newscast watching it and the, the, the police lined up, not in front of the mall, but in a parking lot next to it, and just sort of letting it happen. And I found that unconscionable. It was unconscionable to me that the livelihood and property of business people who are just now beginning to get their nostrils above the waterline as they opened up their businesses last week for the first time in months. From Apple stores to restaurants to to car dealerships, clothing stores, and others, their windows were broken. Their materials were stolen. So this was not only vandalism, destruction. Fires were started. Millions of dollars of property were destroyed, stolen, and these stores not only suffered the loss that night, but will not be able to open for days as they reconstruct, repair, and try to see if they have the economic wherewithal to continue. 
all because of a viral increase in demonstrations across the country that were legitimately based on assembly in order to send the message to the government, our government, that racism will not be tolerated in the police force. Fine. But when it becomes violent, it then actually destroys the message that you are trying to send. And it becomes terrorism. And I find it abhorrent that the groups, the individuals that were doing this, they were wearing masks. They were under instruction, by the way, to wear masks. It it, it is just mind-boggling that it's not being described as terrorism. Asynchronous warfare is the destruction of thievery and property in the pursuit of a political ends is by definition terrorism, pure and simple. Where was our local police? They were there now, so you can blame equally the politicians, be it the, the, the head of state from the governor down, I don't know. We need to find out if there was a stand-down order given to the police and who gave it. It's probably, again, I don't want to be a, a, a hypocrite in generalizing on police officers, but all I know is that the police that responded that night were hamstrung and they were not acting in the methods in which they were trained to do and we pay their salaries to do. There's videos of individuals having to defend their own business with their own weapons. Thank God for the Second Amendment. But they were also, some of them, beaten to a pulp by the mobs that came that came supposedly in demonstrations when in fact they weren't demonstrating. This wasn't about George Floyd. This was about exploiting a vulnerability in the state and a weakness in our law and order on the, on the heels of a pandemic in order to create more chaos, more anarchy, and weaken further the fabric of society. Meanwhile, our police said, this is an unlawful assembly. We recommend, we ask, we please ask you to leave the area. Leave the area? These people should have been arrested in mass. Should have been arrested in mass for, for things they were doing, throwing rocks, destroying property. These are not folks just demonstrating with signs of, of messages of reform of politics. The ones that attack Scottsdale Fashion Square and certain malls across the country should have been arrested. Now, others that were demonstrating peacefully, there were interfaith uh, uh, gatherings and others. God bless them. That's what this country is about. But law and order is what preserves the right to do that. The destruction actually erodes the right to assembly and other aspects that then now we find ourselves, the governor of Arizona now has issued a curfew. So gone is the right to assembly. So their actual acts of violence infringe on the rights of their colleagues to assemble. I wish it didn't come to a curfew. They should have simply arrested those that were violating all of this. Now, they'll say maybe they don't have the manpower to do that. Maybe they don't have the method. I think that unfortunately they've become hamstrung by a fear of being the next police officer with a video showing some act of trying to defend themselves against rioters and others and being labeled as police brutality. 
Now, the officer, Chauvin, I think is his name, that committed the act of murder against George Floyd, I don't believe was being misrepresented, but sometimes other officers will be as the penchant to try to malign, libel, and slander our police continues. These gatherers, who I believe are part of, many of whom are part of the Antifa movement, and thankfully President Trump said this weekend he was going to formally move that the federal government label them a foreign terrorist, a terrorist, not a foreign, a domestic terrorist organization. But they posted on May 30th, location, certain mall, Meet in front of Big Five Sporting Goods. Caution, cover up, wear mask, gloves, dark clothing, bring water, and milk. (laughs) Milk? I don't get that. They say we shouldn't, and this is what they said in their post on social media, they say we shouldn't damage our own community. So we are going to take this protest, rage, anger, sadness, and hurt to the white people community. They need to hear our cry. They need to listen. I need all my brothers and sisters to come out. I don't care whether you're rioting or peaceful. Time for action is now. Be there. This is being posted everywhere. This is what they're telling on social media. Yes, you can. The same human being can hold the ideas that George Floyd was murdered and that that police officer that did that was a murderer and a criminal, but also feel that the vast, vast majority of our police are heroes, are protectors of our Constitution and our rights and need to be defended. Yes, the same person can believe that we need reform against racism, not only in our police, but in our society, and that bigotry still exists against African Americans, against immigrants, against others, And in the same breath, also believe that we need to have a more robust strategy against domestic terrorists like Antifa and domestic and global terrorists like Islamists and the Muslim Brotherhood and their offshoots like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, and otherwise. It is possible for the same person to believe all of that. And I certainly do. So we have to figure out as a country... How do we have this conversation? How do we maintain law and order? And how do we prevent demagoguery, populism? Populism isn't all bad, but when it's just based on messages that enrage and enthrall the masses instead of dealing with leadership, then it's problematic. And I will tell you, It was time this weekend that the president speak from the Oval Office about what we're seeing. I also think President Obama shirked a number of times in which he should have done the same thing in similar episodes that happened. So why is it that our leaders can't seem to step up regardless of party, to messaging how it is our country can begin to heal after acts of terror, after terror groups decide to exploit the raw, the raw nerves 
in stressful situations. Meanwhile, I'll remind you of sort of that red-green axis, right? That axis, that connection between the far left and the Islamists. You saw the Council on American-Islamic Relations this week tweeting from Imran Siddiqui in Arizona to Zahra, uh, Zahra Balu in San Francisco and others tweeting support for the riots. Support. Go and look at their Twitter feed. You decide if it's support for violence or not, but tweeting support for the riots and not making any distinction at all that they're against violence and against any of that. And I think this is an important consideration as the left, as the Islamists, will not waste an opportunity to push their allegiance with the left. Ilhan Omar made the rounds this week, this weekend, on ABC News and elsewhere, saying that the problem is the racism. That's the problem. Never mind the victimization mentality. Never mind the lack of solutions. How hard would it be to quote Grace Lee Boggs, who said at this point in the continuing evolution of our country and the human race, we urgently need to stop thinking of ourselves as victims and to recognize that we must each become a part of the solution because we are each part of the problem. I'll agree. We have to be part of the solution and to do that we must recognize that we are part of the problem. We must not balkanize ourselves into our own into our own silos. We must not separate ourselves out of mainstream, out of the conversation, and demonize the other, and that it's constantly on demonization. But we must also maintain law and order. Malcolm X, if they want to quote him, who was also a follower of Martin Luther King, but also a Muslim who had a awakening into sort of a separation away from the nation of Islam, sort of Louis Farrakhan mentality. Into the more peaceful interpretation of Islam, not to say there aren't less peaceful ones. He said, I believe in human rights for everyone and none of us is qualified to judge each other and that none of us should therefore have that authority. He also said, speaking like this doesn't mean that we're anti-white, but it does mean we're anti-exploitation, we're anti-degradation, and we're anti-oppression. Wise words. Wise words. Absolutely, you can fight against the racism that exists, but without 
the, the, the folks that weren't really demonstrating here in Scottsdale that were destroying stores said that they went there, as I read you in their message, because that's where the whites hang out. This has to stop, and it needs leadership to call it out and no longer apo- apologize for it. Yes, you can read quotations from our civil rights leaders without and, and icons without reading the, you know, I, I saw one from CNN. They were posting in that Martin Luther King had talked about riots, even though they went violent, were because nobody was listening to them. Is that really the right time to be pulling that quotation out? Really? And this is while CNN's headquarters was being attacked in Atlanta. Where's the leadership? Where's the leadership? And now you find folks saying, oh, Antifa. Antifa is an ideology. It's not really a movement. It's not an organization. It's not a group. It's an ideology. We've heard this before. I've heard it with Islamist groups, ISIS, with with the Muslim Brotherhood. Oh, it's an ideology. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's overlap there. Isn't that what most movements are, are about? If you read one of the books that uh, helped me learn the most about the Islamists was Eric Hoffer's book, The True Believer. And he opens in the book and he says in The True Believer, it's mandatory reading, folks. If you really want to understand how the movements in the 60s and every movement since then has begun to, how, how does it ignite process of change? How do you get a movement where just 10% of the people need to be involved in order for it to have huge social change? Hoffer says it's the fact that they're willing to die for their movement. Absolutely. And that actually... From the time of America's founding fathers, that actually is a principle that I I have huge empathy for. I do what I do in this program and elsewhere because I love my country and I would die for this country. But not only would I not die for political Islam or Islamism, but I want to defeat it. That's what I want my legacy to be, whatever way that could be. But in a legal way, in a lawful way, in an order way, and not an anarchy and not through any means possible or any means necessary, which is about terrorism, where the ends justifies the means. So yeah, there is healthy criticism that can be given upon our police force and others, and they should have protected the rule of law. They may have been hamstrung by politicians, they may have been hamstrung by fear of social media videos, but the bottom line is is they're sworn to protect. I, as a doctor can give 10 excuses about COVID or malpractice or whatever it might be. But if I watch a patient coding, if I watch illness spread and don't do something about it, I violated my oath, who I am. So it's appropriate for us to criticize our law enforcement and the process, Whatever, whoever gave them orders need criticism that... They did not protect the businesses that now are going to continue to drive this economy down and fractionate our society to where we don't feel that our government has our back anymore against terror groups, against 
those that are lawless, that seek anarchy. And that red-green alliance, we saw this week thugs like Ahmadinejad, former president, theocrat, head theocrat of Iran, quote Tupac. I'm not even going to quote it. But in his tweet, he quoted Tupac in describing America and its racism, quote-unquote. That is the alliance between the Islamists globally and the left. The Antifa, the, uh, the movements that are trying to sow discord. and identity politics in America. And then, also this week, now this story has been pushed down, but was the story about Twitter, about social media, about free speech. You saw the president write, of, write an executive order this week that companies like Twitter and Facebook and others will not have the protections the legal protections that they were given related to previous legislation, I think from the mid-90s, about there being platforms and other statutes since then, that they're simply platforms, that the quality and the, the material on there is not for them to judge because they started to do fact-checking. It was sort of bizarre that the first tweet they decided to fact-check of the president was a tweet on voter fraud related to mail order mail in rather mail in voting and there were so many others that he could have been criticized of and that one was sort of an odd one but i i bring this up now because yet you see tweets of of calling for the complete destruction of israel calling for a, a genocide against the jews Louis Farrakhan had hundreds of tweets before one or two was removed, let alone basically the majority of his hate fest of anti-Semitism and, and, and bigotry has been allowed to exist from his perch of half a million plus followers in Twitter and running the Nation of Islam. But dictators from Syria's al-Assad who has his own Twitter account as he committed actual genocide against 600,000-plus Syrians and 10 million displaced. He still has a Twitter account. So if they want to start getting into quality, I would think that they should be facing those dictators or those tyrants first and then getting to begin to fact-check others. And that's just a, a rabbit hole that there is no end. They cannot have enough staff to do that. It just makes no sense. Now, the president's executive order, we can argue that if that was the best approach. I think the best approach would have been to tell them to stay out of the business of vetting that because now, if they're going to be subjected to libel laws and others much more so, then... Also, then, that could be used by the left against the right and others. So you're going to find the president could be sued also for a lot of his stuff that's being put out, etc. So 
it is a two-way street, and I don't think this was necessarily the best method to go about it, but I also have not thought it completely through. What is the solution? I have thought it through when it comes to radical Islam, in which I told you that, no, the posting of certain militant things if it's for educational value, such as Awlaki's videos, to show how radical they are in the right context, then that should be allowed. But to expunge Awlaki's work completely is no different than trying to expunge Hitler's work. You can't, if you expunge it, then you prevent humanity from learning from it, to prevent it from ever happening again. The never again principle becomes impossible if you expunge it from history. So this is one of the problems of removing certain things completely. So there's ways to do it. We're living in tough times, ladies and gentlemen, and the deeper we go, the more potholes, the more depth and pain we can feel. We need to come together. We need to search for our better angels, as they say and come together, find somebody who we disagree with, and have a cup of coffee. Socially distant cup of coffee. And figure out a plan to uphold law and order, to uphold the respect and love for our heroes in blue, for our heroes in uniform, and yet allow them to lead. Allow them to lead a process by which we eliminate the bigotry and the hate that might exist, not only within their organizations, but, but nationally among other groups. And it's time, yes, to call out Antifa as a terrorist organization, that their tactics are terrorizing, and to call out this relationship between the red and green, the left and Islamists, as it continues to bring terror either from the Islamists and their radicalization or from the left and the Antifa and its radicalization. Stay safe, folks. Stand for principle. Call for leadership because we need to stand together from right to left to center under one flag, under one rule of law. It's yours. This is your faithful American Muslim correspondent, Zudi Jasser on Reform This on the Blaze Podcast Network. Find me on Twitter at Dr. Zudi Jasser, D-R-Z-U-H-D-I Jasser, and at Reform This Radio. Find the podcast at iTunes and at the Blade Podcast, Blaze Podcast Network. This is Zudi Jasser. God bless. Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network.